Most are fine. I, I okay. can introduce myself. No, I'm sorry. I'll introduce you. Okay. Okay. Um, I think we're going to start. Uh, we're going to start with a sort of uh, general overview. Um, uh, Dr. Lin will start her talk uh, after this uh, brief, brief pair of brief introductions. I have a number of announcements to make. First of all, I want to thank you all for coming uh, on an inclement uh, afternoon. My name is Chris Reed. I teach uh, modern Chinese history at Ohio State. Um, of course, many of you are my students uh, from History 545, so you already know that part of my life. I'm very pleased to uh, be able to present to you Dr. Uh, Man Hong Lin. She has flown from Taiwan uh, to us here to deliver this, um, this guest lecture. Dr. Lin has been a um, res senior research fellow at the Institute of Modern History at Academia Sinica um, in Taipei since 1990. She's also professor of history at National Taiwan Normal University and has been there since 1991. Uh, last year, 2008, which is when I first met Dr. Lin, uh, when I was a visiting scholar at the Institute of Modern History at Academia Sinica, um, at that point, uh, Dr. Lin was named um, president of Taiwan's Academia Historica, sometimes translated um, to mean State History Academy, um, and um, in American terms, we would call this the National Archives. Dr. Lin's uh, main area of research focuses on treaty ports and modern China, native opium of late Qing China, the currency crisis in early 19th century China, as well as uh, the history of various empires and Taiwanese merchants, uh, great East Asian overseas economic networks uh, from the middle of the 19th century down through the middle of the 20th century. Uh, Dr. Lin has two PhDs, one from uh, National Taiwan Normal University and one from Harvard University in the United States. She's published five books and about 70 papers, and uh, the languages that she has published in are an indication of the um, cosmopolitan nature of uh, Chinese studies uh, in the uh, late 20th uh, and early 21st century. She's published papers in um, Chinese, English, Japanese, and Korean. Um, her book, China Upside Down, Currency, Society, and Ideologies, 1808 to 1856, was published by Harvard East Asian Series in 2006. I understand from speaking with Dr. Lin at lunch that it took her 23 years to complete this uh, uh, very uh, complex book. The book links China's topsy-turvy change at the center of the uh, East Asian order with the Latin American independence movements of the 19th century. Uh, the, talk, the, the title of the talk that Dr. Lin is going to give us today is Taiwan and the Epistemological Neglect of the Asia-Pacific World. Before, we, uh, before Dr. Lin starts, I understand she's going to um, show you some images to give you a sense of where she works uh, as well as the city of Taipei. Um, this, this presentation today um, has been made possible with support from the Mershon Center, uh, the East Asian Studies Center at OSU, as well as the Department of History. 
the lecture it is part of a series. Uh, the title of the series um, is Future of the Past. The Future of the Past series of lectures is really a celebration of the um, th uh, 40 years of uh, East Asian Studies and the East Asian Studies Center at OSU. We've ha already had a number of lectures in this series uh, uh, throughout this academic year. I want to call your attention to the fact that we will have another lecture this, later this week, fr this Friday, April 24th, uh, at 2.30 p.m. Uh, in Jennings Hall, uh, room 60. Uh, Professor Kent Guy, um, one of the leading uh, uh, historians of Qing China, uh, who currently teaches at the University of Washington in Seattle, will be um, delivering a talk called The Development of Qing Studies, Retrospect and Prospect, Why Do Empires Kill? So um, if you have time this Friday afternoon, perhaps you'll be interested uh, in that lecture as well. Okay, without further ado, um, I'm going to turn the uh, microphone and the room over to uh, Dr. Lin Man Hong. Once again, the title of her talk is Taiwan and the Epistemological Neglect of the Asia-Pacific World. Okay. Thanks uh, so much for your coming and the invitation of uh, Ohio University and uh, Professor Reed's uh, special uh, care about the, uh, this invitation. And um, um, uh, um, because uh, we, um, uh, we just now uh, had uh, several minutes to wait, so it, it reminds me maybe I could introduce uh, uh, where uh, the academy that I'm working uh, for a, a, a short while. Uh, the academy where I'm working, uh, as uh, Professor Reed has introduced, is a kind of a national archives. So I bring here uh, the disk uh, for our collection. Uh, basically, we collect the archives uh, for Republican China's uh, uh, history and the Taiwan history. Uh, so that, that's uh, our main area. So if your study happens to uh, be related with uh, these uh, two areas, uh, welcome uh, your uh, um, uh, access uh, to this uh, library, uh, this archives. Uh, even though uh, uh, I have been moved to uh, uh, work for this uh, National Archives uh, since uh, last uh, May 20th, uh, today's talk was uh, finished before this position. So it's a pure academic position. It doesn't represent any governmental view. Okay. Um, because uh, um, the reason why um, Professor Reed got me here is because last March, when he visited my old Institute of Modern History, uh, he, we happened uh, to meet at the printing room. He saw my paper, and he, he, he got interested. So, so uh, it's a purely uh, a result of my own academic research. Okay, so uh, then let's get uh, moved to the main topic. The main topic. Uh, um, basically, um, I'm going to talk about a treaty, and uh, from that treaty, uh, uh, I, I will discuss how our uh, intellectual neglect of the Asia Pacific world has troubled Taiwan. That's the main theme of today's uh, topic. Um, first of all, I would 
tell you how Taiwan has been troubled. Taiwan is a small in comparison with uh, the United States, but it's not that small in comparison with uh, a lot of other countries. In 1970, its population is bigger than two-thirds of the uh, UN members. In 1996, its population is more than three-fourths of the UN members. Yet, Taiwan people in general are confused about its own legal status, um, uh, whether it's a, a state or not, uh, to which state it belongs to. No other country in the world has this problem. And this problem is, um, is even a problem of the president. So you can see how Taiwan has been troubled. So people all often fight with each other about this issue. So very particular problem in the world. Then the purpose of this paper included two parts. The first part is uh, I would like to uh, describe how the 1952 Taipei Treaty clearly transfers Taiwan's sovereignty from Japan to the Republic of China in Taiwan, Penghu, Jinmen, and Maju. The second part will deal with why Taiwan people are not aware of this treaty. Then why, since most of people don't know about this treaty, why I particularly uh, ran across with this treaty? It's because of this. Because as uh, Professor Reed introduced, one of my research projects is about uh, Taiwanese merchants' uh, overseas economic activities. So then uh, when I work on their uh, going abroad process in the Japanese colonial period, I ran into this passport. When Taiwan was ruled by Japan, what passport should a Taiwanese merchant carry? Uh, when he, uh, for, for example, this passport is uh, this, this Taiwanese merchant still, uh, still uh, wore the uh, Chinese cloth. Chinese uh, uh, clothes, right? Um, then uh, he, he is uh, from Taipei. He's an antique merchant. And he, he wanted to do some business in Xiamen, Fuzhou of Fujian province, and Hong Kong. Then he, when he went there in Meiji, Sanjusan, in uh, 1900, 1900, he has to bring a Japanese passport. Actually, he was a Japanese. What made him to be a Japanese? Then, what does it mean? Because uh, I, I grew up in Taiwan. Our historiography told us, uh, yes, we know that Taiwan had been ruled by Japan, but in those years, uh, Taiwanese had always been fighting with Japan, Japan ruler. But from this photo, we see the Taiwanese uh, themselves uh, had been Japanese. So then the, my first encounter is an archives found from the National Archives that I'm working now. It's uh, 1946 later from the British government 
to the ROC government about the nation, uh, Taiwanese nationality. It says, even uh, according to a Cairo Declaration, Taiwan had been supposed to be uh, transferred to China in 1946, that China means the Republic of China. Uh, then, but but uh, this later says, but it, uh, legally, we still have to wait for a treaty with Japan because uh, Cairo de Declaration is a um, communique to proclaim war against Japan. It's a, 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 pro a proclamation made by UK, US, and uh, China against Japan. Japan was not in. Japan was, uh, was to be beaten and beaten by these countries. So, and the reason why, um, the, the reason why, uh, let me move. The, the reason why uh, he, and the, the English uh, later says this is because the Taiwanese turning into Japanese was made by a treaty. A treaty is like a contract. And that treaty is called uh, the Treaty of, uh, of Shimonoseki, made in 1895. So uh, when this treaty, this contract, is going to be changed, then the holder of the previous uh, treaty has to uh, come out to sign another contract. So the, this is the basic spirit of this uh, 1946 letter from England to Republic of China's uh, government. So only the Cairo Declaration of uh, 1943 would not be sufficient for the legal transformation of uh, uh, Taiwan and uh, Penghu's uh, uh, sovereignty. And then, um, I I could find from the um, court judgment from Japan, it says, on August fifth of uh, nineteen fifty two, Taiwanese nationality had been legally uh, transformed into the Republican of China's nationals. It's, it's not until this day that the, this uh, legal process has been finished. And um, the legal basis is another treaty. That treaty is called the Taipei Treaty. Um, nickname is Taipei Treaty. Full name is uh, Treaty of Peace between the Republic of China and Japan. This is the original copy, the photo from the original copy. It's still uh, held by uh, uh, Taiwan side and uh, Japan side. Uh, Japan side is uh, kept in its Gaimushou, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and uh, uh, Taiwan's copy is maintained by uh, Taiwan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And uh, the place to sign this treaty is called the Taipei Guest House. If you go to Taipei, you will stand in front of the presidential office. Uh, this building is uh, on the right-hand side. 
In front of this building is the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And uh, um, the representatives to have signed this uh, treaty is uh, George Ye on the side of Republic of China. And on the side of uh, Japan is uh, Kawada Asao. They signed this treaty on April 28, 1952. The April 28, uh, uh, 1952, is very crucial for um, East Asian, uh, contemporary East Asian history because this is uh, also the date for the San Francisco Peace Treaty to turn to be effectuated. And why these two things happen on the same day? Actually, the, Taipei, the uh, signing of this uh, Taipei Treaty is a condition for the effectuation of the San Francisco Peace Treaty. This treaty was signed seven hours and a half before the effectuation of the San Francisco Peace Treaty because um, both treaties was initiated by U.S. You know why U.S. has been so dominant at that juncture? Because all the, um, both treaties are called a peace treaty. Peace treaty are supposed to end the war legally the war was ended in 1945. Before 1945, U.S. was the most important country to end this war. That's why U.S. has this power to design the San Francisco Peace Treaty and this Taipei Treaty. And uh, um, in San Francisco Treaty, because... Uh, um, after 1945, uh, there's uh, some conflict between USSR and the U.S. about what countries to invite uh, to reach this peace treaty or uh, what decision to be made in this treaty. So the peace treaty had been very much delayed. You see, it's not until 1951 for San Francisco Peace Treaty uh, to have been signed and it's not until 1952 to have the San Francisco Peace Treaty to have been effectuated. And the, uh, this Taipei Treaty is also in 1952, uh, 52. so 52 minus uh, 45, uh, seven years delay. It's because of the, the uh, uh, controversy between USSR and, uh, and the U.S. And it's not until the... Korean War, the outbreak of the Korean War in uh, 1950 that U.S. and that uh, prompted U.S. to usher these two treaties. So, and then uh, this is the uh, uh, signature of uh, the Taipei Treaty. Uh, for a treaty, it's different from a declaration or communique. The so-called communi communique, the Cairo uh, Declaration is a communique. Uh, it's a kind of uh, a news uh, announcement uh, about uh, the content of a conference 
after the uh, uh, leaders of uh, various countries uh, convened for some conference. It's just an, uh, a press conference uh, report. As a, uh, that's uh, what the communique called. And what the treaty called, uh, the process for treaty is much more complicated. You have to have a representative to fully represent each nation to sign the treaty. After the representatives uh, signed the treaty, uh, the treaty had to go back to each country to be rat ratified. And the, the ratified version had to be exchanged and then uh, finished the whole process. Then we can see uh, this um, treaty was ratified by Japanese emperor. And uh, the president of the Republic of China, uh, Chiang Kai-shek. And after um, both countries ratified this treaty, it has been exchanged on the date that I just mentioned, August 5th, 1952. So a complete treaty process. Uh, based upon this treaty, actually, Republic of China's statehood has been legally transformed. First of all, it's a, um, because in this treaty, for example, if a Mary signed a contract uh, with uh, maybe De Debbie, and uh, which Mary and which Debbie has to be specified. In 1952, this Republic of China has already been in Taipei. So what's the scope of area for the application of this treaty has been very precisely defined in the treaty. And the definition is the effective area of control of Republic of China. That means Jinmen, uh, Maozhou, uh, Taiwan, and uh, Penghu. That's the effective area of control of the uh, Republic of China now. Then, in Article 2 of uh, this treaty, because um, in San Francisco Peace Treaty, uh, when, when that treaty was uh, uh, signed, uh, UK would like, because uh, the San Francisco Treaty was signed in 1951, at that time, People's Republic of China has been, had been established. UK would like PRC to go to San Francisco to sign this treaty. But the US said no, uh, particularly because this is after Korean War. Korean War shows that uh, PRC are for the USSR side. And remember, this is the Cold War period, a, 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 a very tense uh, competition between US and USSR. So uh, U.S. would not allow PRC uh, to San Francisco. And then uh, in San Francisco Peace Treaty, neither PRC or ROC went there. But in the treaty, the San Francisco Treaty itself, it says uh, we will wait for Japan to decide which side uh, to sign a further treaty of a similar uh, nature with uh, carrying similar uh, spirit with uh, 
San Francisco Peace Treaty. And uh, in San Francisco Peace Treaty, Article 2 of that treaty, it says that Japan renounced Taiwan and the Pescados. So in Taipei Treaty, because the Taipei Treaty is a treaty to follow up the San Francisco Treaty, so in Article 2 of uh, Taipei City, it repeats uh, this uh, uh, statement. Uh, Japan renounced uh, um, all rights, titles, and claims to Taiwan and uh, Penghu. Uh, um, and then we have to understand what's the rights, title, and claims of Japan to Taiwan and Penghu. We have to go back to Shimonoseki Treaty. Shimonoseki Treaty says, uh, and this is uh, Article 2 as well, it says China sees full, full sovereignty in uh, perpetuity the foreign territories to Japan. The foreign territories includes Taiwan and Penghu. So the all rights and claims Japan renounced the in Article 2 of the Taipei Treaty or San Francisco Peace Treaty is uh, the full sovereignty. So the sovereignty uh, is there, is the full sovereignty. Uh, why use uh, renounce? Because if you get back to Shimonoseki, it's uh, uh, China ceded full sovereignty in perpetuity. So there's no legal basis for Japan to return Taiwan and Penghu to any country because it's in perpetuity. So what Japan could have, uh, uh, could do is just renounce, to give up, not to return to China or, re or, or return to what? It's just give up because it's in perpetuity. And then um, uh, this, this piece is originally kept in Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan actually has all the treaties signed uh, for modern uh, China and other, other countries. Now it's kept in Palace Museum because the Palace Museum has better humidity control and, uh, and temperature control. So, and then because of Article 2 of the Taipei Treaty, so Article 3 of uh, this treaty says, uh, for the property of uh, Taiwan, it is uh, the government of Republic of China uh, to uh, deal with uh, the government of uh, Japan. So even though the Article 2 of the uh, Taipei Treaty didn't say the object, because uh, it continued uh, the Article 2 of the San Francisco Treaty, at that time, there's no exact object. Uh, for, for, for the renunciation. But uh, Article 3 says the government to deal with uh, Taiwan's property is the uh, government of the Republic of China. So it comes out, the object. And uh, we also had uh, the title of the treaty, is the peace treaty between the Republic of China and uh, Japan. And uh, the whole treaty process has been engaged between these uh, two governments. And then um, the uh, nationality of um, Taiwan and Penghu's people, 
turned into the Republic of China's nationality, according to the law of the of the this uh, uh, country. And this uh, uh, nationality change uh, includes includes uh, uh, natural persons and jurisdictional persons. So it means both the central bank moved from China and uh, Bank of Taiwan inherited from Japan, both turned into the property of the uh, Republic of China. And this uh, Article 10 about nationality is actually in continuous of the um, Article 5 of the uh, Shimonoseki Treaty. Because in Article 5 of Shimonoseki Treaty says, after the signature of this treaty, um, Taiwan people had two years to decide whether to stay. Uh, if they decided to leave, they could uh, uh, deal with uh, they could uh, deal with uh, their property and then leave. If they stay, they would turn into Japanese nationals. So this is what uh, Article Five says. This is a printed a printed copy. So uh, up to now, we have a territory and we have a people, and then let's move to the government. This is the Republic of China in Taiwan. Whether this government is a, is a new government or the old government of the Republic of China set up in 1912, we have to see. At the very beginning of uh, a negotiation of this uh, 1952 treaty, Japan side would not use peace treaty, the term peace treaty because peace treaty are supposed to, is supposed to end the war. And at the very beginning, the Japan side says, well, they didn't have a war with the Republic of China in Taiwan. So they would like to uh, sign a, a friendship treaty with the Republic of China in, in, in Taiwan. But the, the um, uh, U.S., and uh, uh, Republic of China both say this is in continuous of the San Francisco Peace Treaty. All this package are supposed to end the war legally. So, and then it turned into a peace treaty. So, uh, the Republican, of, uh, Republican government to have a war with Japan is the old government establishing in 1912. So uh, today's uh, uh, Republic of Ch uh, China's uh, government in Taipei is actually in continuance of the Republic of China's uh, government in mainland. So from this basis, uh, I, I, I often persuade my people, you don't need to change all your um, uh, national symbols. Because uh, on, on this basis, you have to... Uh, uh, Keep with all your national symbols. So um, in chart, we see uh, two lines meet with each other uh, at this point. Um, the, on the Chinese in on Chinese mainland, 
from Qin Dynasty to Rep Republic of China, uh, 1912 or 1911, and then uh, since 1949, this government uh, carried Jinmen and Maju uh, uh, to Taiwan. Uh, uh, still, uh, still uh, keep Jinmen uh, and Maju, and the government moved to Taiwan. And uh, uh, Taiwan's uh, sovereignty uh, changed from Qin Dynasty to Japan, and then to Republic of China. So, um, this site keeps the most territory and sovereignty of the Republic of China now. And this size provides Jim and Maju and the government. There's a cooperation, a, a big cooperation. And um, through this uh, big cooperation, uh, we will go to the theories about what uh, constitutes a state. There are two theories about the, uh, the requirements of being a uh, uh, state. The constitu constitutive theory says uh, that uh, diplomatic recognition by other states is necessary. The declarative theory says that statehood is independent of recognition by other states. The, the second theory says uh, uh, diplomatic recognition is not a necessary condition. It could be a sufficient condition, but not a necessary condition. And the first theory says it's a uh, diplomatic recognition is a necessary condition. Of these two theories, only a few academics advocate the uh, constitutive theory. What most international organizations use in practice is the, the declarative uh, theory. Um, the basic um, uh, international uh, convention to express uh, the uh, declarative theory is the Montevideo Convention, signed in 1933 by 19 uh, states, including U.S. and uh, South American countries. And uh, in this uh, convention, the, there are uh, four key elements for being a state that includes a permanent population, a defined territory, a government, and the capacity to enter into relations with other states. Often, the capacity to enter into relations with other states has been interpreted as a diplomatic recognition. But uh, Article 3 of this uh, convention states explicitly that the statehood is independent of recognition by other states. So, then, What's the capacity to enter into relations with the other states? That means uh, um, uh, just like a Taiwan, Taiwan dollar could still be converted into U.S. dollar to buy products from various countries. Taiwan's passport uh, could still go to various countries. Taiwan has um, economic relation, academic relation, uh, um, or others, uh, other cooperation with a lot of uh, countries. That's capacity to enter into relations with the other states. And uh, the definition used by EU for what constitutes a state is based upon this Montevideo Convention. So, based upon this, we see um, Republic of China is a, a state, but it has been transformed. It, is, it has been transformed from uh, a government on Chinese mainland to a, a government on Taiwan, Penghu, Jinmen, and Maju. 
uh, in total is uh, still a state. And then um, I will proceed to uh, what made what's the historical background for making this treaty. The near, uh, uh, the shorter uh, the, the direct background is the uh, um, Korean War, as I mentioned. And because of the outbreak of the Korean War, it prompted the Peace Treaty of San Francisco and of Taipei, and it is John Foster Dallas to have, to have been the engineer for these two treaties. And uh, it is interesting that it is uh, John Foster Dallas' maternal grandfather John Watson, uh, Watson Foster to have helped Japan get Taiwan in the Treaty of Shimonoseki in 1895. Uh, Treaty of uh, Shimonoseki was signed between Qin China and uh, Japan. Why this uh, uh, American advisor for China had been involved for ceding Taiwan to Japan. Um, at the very beginning, because uh, Taiwan was very away from Beijing, he, he still uh, uh, is responsible, he was still responsible for his uh, uh, responsibility for China because then it is Japan's at direct attack uh, upon Beijing because Taiwan had been so far away from Beijing and the war is uh, on the north, uh, is a uh, Manchurian side. Uh, if the war continued, it will threaten Beijing. So uh, uh, Dallas would help uh, to hold the war, to stop the war. And the one condition to stop the war is to help Japan get Taiwan. And then ease the threat uh, to Beijing. And Dallas also helped to cut uh, the redemption, the war redemption uh, amount, or uh, uh, to uh, cut the number of uh, ports open for international trade. Um, so it it really uh, he really had helped China, but for asking uh, China to cede Taiwan to Japan um, from the Japan size uh, archives, it says it fits Japan's need. Why Japan needed uh, Taiwan? Uh, this could be traced back to the Bakufu period, the, uh, around the time of open war for China. Because uh, during this war, the big China had been defeated by the small England. Uh, Japan itself was a small country. So uh, Japan was very much horrified. Because of that, Japan tried to extend its defense line so it started to have its Caesar policy, northern advance to Korea, to, uh, to Manchuria and Korea, and the southern advance uh, to uh, uh, Okinawa, to Taiwan, and to the Pacific Islands. So from those years, Ito Hiromumi was trained with this thought. So when he was sitting at uh, Shimonoseki, he would carry out this idea. And so he asked for the cessation of Taiwan and uh, uh, dispatch an army to take uh, Pescado, uh, while he has already been in Shimonoseki. 
uh, to uh, constitute a basis for this uh, 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 cessation. And then why the Americans are in, uh, involved uh, with helping Japan to take uh, Taiwan? Then we have to uh, trace back um, U.S. Uh, Far Eastern policy uh, from late 19th century to early 20th century. U.S. reached California around 1848. Then uh, its territory reached Pacific. From that time onward, U.S. has a growing interest in Taiwan. Before 1860, U.S. had actually tried to buy Taiwan. It was stopped by U.S. Civil War. After uh, the Civil War, uh, U.S. advance in the Pacific was halted for uh, quite a while. It's not until 1880s that it uh, was active again. At this time, Japan had already made restoration. Japan was up and up. So the foreign U.S. policy in this uh, um, area is uh, to cooperate with uh, Japan to balance the cooperation between European powers and China. For, and this is the, the basic framework for U.S. Uh, uh, Far Eastern uh, policy uh, at this uh, period. So the, uh, not only uh, uh, Watson, uh, Foster uh, uh, Watson was helping with uh, Shimonoseki. The, uh, a lot of other uh, U.S. officials were helping with uh, Shimonoseki and also a, a, a other uh, Japan's advance uh, to, to Taiwan. And then uh, we have to proceed to understand the rise of uh, Asia-Pacific in the early 20th century. What I previously described is the late 19th century. In early 20th century, this is uh, uh, from my one research. It shows that in 1910s, Hong Kong was uh, the biggest uh, uh, port in East Asia because Hong Kong, even it's a small port, it was very crucial. It connects Atlantic Ocean with East Asia. It, it was a very crucial entry port. So in 1910s, it's the, the number one harbor in East Asia. But in 1930s, among the, the port ranks in the world, number one is New York, second is London, uh, a third is Kobe, fourth is Rotterdam, fifth is Osaka, Hong Kong turned into number seven. So you could see the up of Pacific. This was a particular developer after the uh, completion of Panama Canal in 1914. The completion of the Suez Canal is uh, 1869. 1869 was the year that the uh, U.S. finished the, the railway uh, across the country. Just, uh, so uh, in 1869, U.S. just reached uh, Pacific. It is still ha has no time to cross the Pacific. But after the Panama Canal was uh, uh, completed, it's much more convenient 
for U.S., the east part of uh, U.S. to connect with uh, uh, Pacific and, uh, and, and then uh, Asian continent. So, and, uh, and at this time, the Meiji uh, period of Japan was up and up. So these two uh, backgrounds joined to move up the Asia-Pacific uh, area. And uh, with this background, where is Taiwan? Taiwan, in Japan's uh, uh, empire's uh, 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 package, is the center of the Great East Asia. It was uh, um, designed to compete with Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong was uh, the antipode of England in, in East Asia. Taiwan had been designed by Japan to be its own center in East Asia because it, uh, it's not only because of the geographical uh, position of Taiwan here, it's uh, also because of the Taiwan's ethnic background. Taiwan is Chinese. Uh, Taiwanese people are mostly Chinese. And this area, including the Southeast Asian overseas Chinese, uh, uh, China, uh, uh, Chinese area. So Taiwanese people could be a middleman for Jap Japanese empire to connect with China and uh, Southeast Asia. These two maps had actually been the basis for the Taipei Treaty because uh, for MacArthur, when uh, Truman would like to give up Taiwan, MacArthur says no. Taiwan had been so important for, you, uh, for Japan before 1945. We need to rely upon Taiwan. We need to uh, uh, keep it. So uh, that two maps um, uh, uh, continue its function through this uh, uh, MacArthur's uh, idea. And then um, there are three stages uh, for U.S. policy toward the Republic of China's government from mainland side, because uh, the two maps has already uh, continued in the first line. I have two lines, right? The Taiwan line and the mainland line. Taiwan line is a territory and the sovereignty these two maps was the background for, for uh, uh, drawing that uh, first line. And um, for drawing the second line, it's because of uh, U U.S. another policy. After uh, the uh, KMT uh, failed in its civil war against the communists, at the first stage, Truman says, we will give this uh, uh, KMT up. And the second stage says, U.S. will just need Taiwan. We don't need that government. Uh, it even asked the government in Taiwan, Wei Daoming, in continuing with uh, the Chen Yi related with the uh, February 28th incident. Uh, U.S. suggests Wei Daoming to, uh, to, to head Taiwan and not allowing uh, Jiang Kai-shek to move to Taiwan. And the third stage, U.S. count how many uh, soldiers U.S. had in Far East. It has uh, uh, 300,000. But it has to, uh, those soldiers have to, uh, uh, to take care of uh, 
Vietnam, Korea, and uh, Tibet. So uh, U.S. says his, his own soldiers was not enough. And uh, Chiang Kai-shek's uh, another 30, uh, 300,000 uh, soldiers and the whole government, because in Japanese uh, colonial Taiwan, Taiwanese people could not serve as soldiers. Uh, uh, until the very last moment of the Second World War, Taiwanese people could not serve as soldiers. And Taiwanese people didn't involve much in the bureaucracy. And the government from mainland has all of this. So this to U.S. policy end up with the Taipei Treaty. This is the historical background from the Asia-Pacific history. But then I will proceed to say why Taiwan people are not aware of the Taipei Treaty. Um, in a, a Taiwan's history textbook, in 1945 to 2000, only Cairo communique was taught as uh, the basis of uh, sovereignty uh, theory. Even the, uh, the Gu Wang talk across the Taiwan Strait in 1993. They refer only to Cairo communique. And even the uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, proposals to get back to UN, they also quote only Cairo communique. And this uh, uh, Cairo communique had actually negated, it says, uh, um, uh, <clears throat> The Treaty of Shimonoseki had been abolished in this uh, uh, communique. But uh, for a treaty to deal with uh, um, territory, it involves uh, as one principle in the law, that is the principle of disposition. We could take uh, Hong Kong as an example. Why Hong Kong was uh, returned to, China, uh, to Republic, uh, People's Republic of China in 1997 rather than 1943. 1943 was the year that people uh, usually learn that the year to abolish the unequal treaties. But that just touched upon the extraterritory right. It didn't touch upon the territory issue. Since Hong Kong had been leased to UK for 99 years, so it cannot be returned to um, China in 1943. It has to be, wait until 1997. This is the application of the principle of disposition. Uh, since Taiwan had been ceded in perpetuity to Japan in 1895, it is not until Japan signed another treaty with other countries that the Taiwan's territory could be transferred. So uh, this is, uh, so, and it is also because of this principle of disposition. Because uh, Taiwan and Pong had been transferred to Republic of China in 1952, and in 1978, there's a treaty of peace and friendship between People's Republic of China and Japan was signed. In this treaty, it didn't touch upon Taiwan at all because Taiwan's uh, situation had been taken care of already. And uh, as I told you, 
1952 Taipei Treaty was a, a peace treaty to end the war. So in 1978 treaty between PRC and Japan didn't touch upon the war, uh, war responsibility of Japan toward the PRC at all. It just uh, says both countries uh, would, uh, would not compete for East Asian hegemony. So uh, why didn't it touch upon Taiwan and why didn't touch upon the war responsibility? It's because of this principle of disposition. And how about the 1972's uh, diplomatic termination? It's true. In this year, when Republic of China ceded, uh, uh, terminated its uh, diplomatic uh, relation with Japan, Japan's um, Ohala uh, Masayoshi, uh, its uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs, um, says in 1972 that the, the Taipei Treaty would be terminated. What could be terminated? It's just the, like uh, the extraterritorial right in 1943. Uh, in law, there are two um, uh, categories. One category is uh, for something to be uh, uh, to to um, happen uh, continuously, and uh, to be taken care of continuously. That is uh, uh, to be. Uh, to be executed. And uh, uh, another part is uh, to, to have been executed, executed, and, uh, to have been disposed. For those to have been disposed, it cannot be terminated. Only for those to be executed, uh, to be terminated. For example, after 1943, for foreigners uh, to commit a crime in China, it will be. Uh, it will await for the ju uh, ju judgment of a Chinese uh, judge, rather than the uh, in, uh, the foreign countries' uh, councils. But uh, it's uh, only until 1997 to deal with Hong Kong, uh, uh, restoring uh, to China, and uh, so um, in 1972, what had been terminated is the um, trade cooperation. Um, uh, featuring a cooperation, navigation cooperation between Taiwan and Japan. But uh, for the territory uh, transfer or for the nationality change or for the end of war, that had been settled. Uh, nothing could be changed. It's not until Republic of China to sign another treaty, otherwise uh, all these things uh, were turned into permanent status. Um, but uh, in, even uh, the, um, uh, with this uh, situation, what the uh, uh, KMT period told, told uh, our people is uh, just a Cairo declaration. And uh, what's the theory of the uh, DPP, the Green Group people? Uh, because uh, from 2000 to 2008, uh, Taiwan had been uh, ruled by Democratic uh, Progressive Party. And what they told are two theories. One is undetermined theory, because they just trace back to the San Francisco Peace Treaty. 
the Republic of China didn't go there. So the situation had been undetermined that they are Russian arms. And then um, another theory is, um, and then why, why did, uh, don't accept the Taipei Treaty? Because for the DPP people, Taipei Treaty has a Republic of China there. For them, Republic of China, on the one hand, it, it, it denotes it to the big China. On the other hand, it's uh, equalized as a KMT. We could have this evidence as, uh, uh, we could trace uh, this uh, kind of uh, uh, logic back to the 1960s and the 70s when the Taiwan Independence Group started uh, to be active. At that time, actually, US and Japan um, persuaded the uh, Republic of China in Taiwan to have a, a double representation in UN. The Taiwan Independence Group didn't like that. Why? Because in that time, it's true, the Republic of China's government was equalized with the KMT government. And the Congress had been represented by those represented, elected from mainland. So they, they don't want the Republic of China. But if, until 2000 and 2008, it's they themselves to rule the country, and the constitution of the uh, Republic of China has been changed because at present, it's the various uh, parties uh, to compete to elect the president, vice president, and all the leaders of the country. So it's not uh, ROC now, Republic of China now, is not equalized with the KMT. But they still have had uh, that, that kind of uh, um, uh, inference, uh, that's uh, the reason why they don't like uh, uh, Taipei Treaty. And uh, for another theory, they would like, they, they also uh, think undetermined theory is not good for a country. Then some, uh, some people, some, some people in this group uh, shifted to the uh, determined theory and it's uh, determined by people's electing the president. But uh, people's electing the president is just like uh, if you live in an apartment, you could have some committee to manage the apartment, and you, you elect a, a committee, committee chairman. That's not equalized as whether you own this apartment. Territory sovereignty is uh, different from people's sovereignty. And then, um, um, intellectually, uh, I would say, I would say, the neglect of all this, uh, because it's not only neglect of the treaty itself, it's also the neglect of the background of this treaty. The background of this treaty, as I told you, is the development of Asia-Pacific history from the late 19th century to early 20th century. But the, from the map which dominated Taiwan, in KMT period, Taiwan had been dominated by a map like this. Taiwan had been so much tied up with mainland China. And in the DP period, the dominant map for Taiwan in those eight years 
is this map. So how could they see the two maps I show you? The rise for the rise of the Pacific and for Taiwan to have been the center for the Great East Asia? Intellectually, uh, they could not see that background. And uh, what made that uh, big map is, of course, uh, the Menendez uh, nostalgia is one reason, but we also have to trace back to the Cold War uh, policy of U.S. Because uh, before 1971, when Republic of China left the U.N., American people would not like PRC to enter UN. To enter UN, the condition to enter UN is you have to be a peaceful con uh, a, a state, who, who a peaceful state. And uh, before 1971, U.S. continued to define PRC not a state uh, which is peaceful because it encouraged so many communists in East, Southeast Asia. And uh, it uh, killed a lot of American people in Korea, in Vietnam, and even in China's uh, Civil War. And uh, uh, PRC's uh, domestic uh, policy had been very cruel for its own people. So, the, uh, so uh, from the polls, from the polls, uh, uh, from US, uh, Where's that figure? I will find it later. Okay, uh, the polls uh, in in U.S. shifted a lot in 1971. Before that, those four PRC to enter UN always are much lower than those against. It's not until 71 there's a shift for PRC. Uh, I think this is a very much uh, a very deep background for KMT people to keep that the big China map uh, in uh, in Taiwan's uh, mentality, and and right now uh, we are in the uh, post Cold War period. We need to review the whole situation made by the Cold War, and then. Uh, let's get back to the Article 1 of UN Charters. Article 1 of UN Charters calls for international laws to peacefully settle controversy. And getting back to the Shimonoseki Treaty, the Taipei Treaty, and the Montevideo Convention is one way to help the peaceful rise of the Republic of China. Because, of course, um, uh, we welcome the rise of the People's Republic of China. But the, on the other hand, we also have the China Strait, Strait uh, 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 Theory. Uh, to ease the China Strait uh, uh, psychology mentality, I think a Taiwan issue is a very good test on, uh, 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 testing uh, uh, area for China's peaceful rise uh, policy. That's what I would like to uh, talk about uh, today. Thank you. Are you willing to take some questions? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so Dr. Lin is happy to take some questions. Uh, for students from my class, we still have about 10 minutes, so don't hesitate. Um, if you're not from my class, 
know, you're still encouraged to ask questions of Dr. Lynch. She's covered a great deal of material here, some of it um, dealing with diplomacy, some of it dealing with international law, some of it very specific to the Taiwan situation, um, also related to the Chinese situation. So uh, right now, I think we'll throw it open to the audience. And you yes. want to field your own questions? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, 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 Professor Sheba? Uh -huh. And first of all, I want to thank you for this beautiful uh, pineapple cake. Oh. My favorite. <laughs> okay. Very much. Yeah. I couldn't resist. I ate one already. Okay, it's thank you. Delicious. But of course, the uh, uh, status of Taiwan is a very controversial one. And many, many theories. And you were just one of them. Uh, but a few comments and a couple of questions. Yes. I know that remarks. I know that remarks. Yeah.
Jews also played the national, uh, the, the Chinese national, nationals are deemed to be the resident of this island. If that did not say are the resident of this island, so they, and the reason for that, for the existence of Article 10, according to the Japanese negotiator reporting to the Congress, uh, was that because after Japan gave up the sovereignty of Taiwan, the uh, resident of Taiwan doesn't have a nationality. And uh, for the convenience of the people, Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, first, uh, uh, for the comments, actually, uh, uh, these theories are based, m mostly based upon Pomimin's theory. And uh, uh, for those remarks, uh, for example, uh, the verbal uh, theme has been used in Shimonoseki as well. And uh, uh, you saw the Taiwanese carry the Japanese passport. Even they use the verb deem, it, and the, the uh, legal outcome is the same. And the uh, people's uh, nationality had to be changed, even just use the verb deem. And then uh, George Ye's situation in the uh, legislative in uh, Taiwan's Congress is really very difficult. The, the very crucial uh, um, reason for that difficulty is because of the uh, exchange note number one. It says uh, the scope of the application of this Taipei Treaty is only the area under effective control. And the representatives were elected from Shandong and Henan. They were very mad about that exchange note number one. And that's the most, uh, the, the very difficult uh, uh, part uh, in the whole 69 days of negotiation for this treaty. Because the, the Republic of China side would insist that they still, uh, uh, their uh, territory still include the whole China. 
But the uh, U.S. and Japan side says, no, you just have uh, what you have. So, uh, and in the end, uh, from, it's not until recently that, that I, I see from the gazette of the, the uh, from legislative end, I could not uh, trace the documents for their final uh, confirmation of this treaty. But it's not until recently that uh, from the presidential gazette, I have the date uh, for the uh, confirmation, the ratification of legislative yuan. Uh, usually, when we say um, confirmation, we cannot go back to the uh, discussion process. We have to see what's their final uh, conclusion. And the final conclusion, we have the date for the uh, uh, ratification of legislative yuan. And we also have the date uh, for the ratification for Chiang Kai-shek, the president. So this is uh, to response uh, to uh, your first two remarks. And uh, then uh, for the, uh, you have the uh, constitution, the rela relation between uh, constitution and uh, this Taipei Treaty. Since uh, the Taipei Treaty has the, the uh, scope for application to be the area under effective control. And uh, uh, in the Constitution, since uh, the, the amendment made in 1991, it directly says uh, the president will be um, elected in a free area. That means uh, uh, the area under effective control. And uh, for mainland China, uh, law will be made separately. And for Mongol, law will be made separately. For Tibet, um, law will be made separately. Just uh, these uh, remarks uh, stay there. And then for this, um, I, I will refer to uh, the Constitution of uh, uh, Republic of Korea as an example. Usually, Constitution will uh, state uh, some of uh, the, the countries. Uh, idea or policy. For example, uh, uh, People's Republic of China's uh, constitution also say uh, Taiwan is, is uh, a part that could not be separated from China. And uh, uh, on Taiwan's side, Taiwan's side's uh, constitution has uh, the remarks that I just uh, cited. And the Korean constitution for the uh, Southern Korea, South Korea, it also says its territory include the whole Korean Peninsula. In Chinese and Korean, it says East. But the English translation of that Korean constitution is a shall include. Uh, and the Korean and uh, Chinese say include, includes. And uh, the English says shall include. So here, I often find, and for, for making these uh, studies, I often find English wording for legal term is more precise. And constitution could refer to something aimed at, but the treaties has to be very specific. Uh, I'd, strong, I'd like to strongly encourage my students from uh, History 545 to ask a question. I know that uh, officially our class has ended question of a specialist in a part of the world that we're really not going to cover uh, 
in our um, history of contemporary China. Okay. Uh, and meanwhile, if there are other questions from the audience. Yes. Yes, please. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah, please. Yes. Of course, the Taiwan issue is always uh, a hot topic in international politics. Yes. So, uh, you mentioned about uh, uh, um, the. I have two, uh, how to say, doubts about. You say the statehood, only the declaration matters. Uh, recognition does not matter. But according to my representation, all the states struggle about is uh, is is about recognition in terms of how to interpret. How to interpret the international law, how to recognize each other. Even the case of Taiwan, people from Taiwan or the government of Taiwan, it's also like the, the case of want to re-enter the United Nations, also about recognition. So this, this is my doubt. My following question is that since we all talk about the peaceful resolution of this dispute, yes. so what is the political implication of this? I mean, I mean, uh, not only the Taipei Treaty matters for uh, PRC, uh, uh, not PRC, ROC's perspective, but also uh, ultimately, what what can we find some common ground? Whether PRC, ROC, and Japan, the United States can have some common ground? Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, for the diplomatic recognition, we could take a, a PRC as an example. After it entered the UN, it won uh, almost all the uh, diplomatic recognition. So you have to define, um, for example, the Republic of China as a, a state first, because up to now, even Republic of China itself didn't define it as a state. That's the most difficult problem for Taiwan. And so you have to define it as a state and then get back to UN. Then you could solve the uh, diplomatic recognition. This is the, the most efficient process. The, the key problem is that they don't recognize themselves as a state. And, so, and then uh, for... for uh, uh, your second uh, question is about uh, the common ground. Uh, the common ground is uh, um, today I have already mentioned Hong Kong's situation and it's a difference from, from Taiwan. And what's ab what about Macau's situation? Macau didn't have a treaty for it to turn into a colony of uh, Portugal. It, uh, in 1887, there's a treaty says uh, Portugal has some uh, jurisdiction right over uh, Macau rather than sovereignty. So in 1972, its uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs uh, says uh, Macau is uh, some, uh, some Chinese territory under Portugal's uh, jurisdiction. It could return to China anytime. So before uh, we uh, clarify the, the importance of, uh, of uh, Taipei Treaty, actually from PRC side, it had a time pressure. Since uh, Hong Kong had been returned to China, Macau had been uh, returned to China. 
it had some pressure to take back uh, 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 Taiwan following their, their, uh, already, uh, their original uh, historical understanding. And that we have to get back to the real history to ease this kind of a time pressure. Because uh, from the today's analysis, the Taiwan issue is not the issue of, uh, of Taiwan itself. It's the issue of, uh, of Asia-Pacific peace, right? It's a, 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 a result to keep the equilibrium in, among the various powers in Asia-Pacific areas. So uh, if, uh, if China, uh, under the time pressure, it might uh, break the equilibrium and the outcome um, could be uh, some, somewhat serious. So uh, this is uh, uh, good for China as well. And uh, of course, uh, uh, if we could solve this issue peacefully, it would be good for Japan and also for US and even for uh, various other countries. Okay. Um, in in the uh, as I uh, uh, summarize, the Taiwan government didn't refer to this treaty at all before uh, it's leaving uh, UN. Actually, in my paper, uh, I emailed my paper over here. In my paper, I uh, get back to the archives of uh, uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Before uh, 1971, uh, Japan's uh, uh, congressman uh, went to Taiwan uh, uh, to persuade the uh, Taiwan side to be based upon Taipei Treaty and to accept uh, a double, double representation or uh, double recognition, diplomatic uh, recognition. Taiwan side didn't like it because they would like it to be like the old days before 1971. As I told you, under the Cold War package, they, they represented the Chinese mainland in the UN. They say their meaning in Taiwan is uh, they are being able to represent the mainland China. If they cannot uh, assume this uh, responsibility, they, they didn't have any meaning to be in Taiwan. That's their rationale. So uh, that's the older generation's uh, uh, mentality. Since the, uh, our time has been moving, uh, we have to have a new way of thinking. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, uh, up to now, I'm still a scholar, as I, I mentioned at the very beginning. I'm still a scholar. It's, it's interesting, right? So many settled things have been confused by people. It's so clear-cut, but the people are always uh, 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 fight, fighting with each other. It's, it has been so clear-cut. Yeah, I have a book uh, in, 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 uh, published in Taiwan. The book title is um, uh, Which Hunting, Soul Stealing, 
and the identity crisis. For me, uh, this issue is uh, like uh, is much like the witch hunting uh, situation in early European history. It's also like the uh, soul stealing case in 18th century China. It's a made up case. It's a made up case because of uh, various people's uh, different mentality. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Will you get back to that? Uh, I have uh, all those uh, original texts here. Yeah. I mean, so is it, is it specifically to the KMT? Or are you no, 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 no. Uh, on, uh, uh, you are asking for the second treaty rather than the first. The Taipei Treaty. The Taipei Treaty, because uh, the whole treaty process has been dealt with the uh, Republic of China. Yeah, and already that Republic of China has already been in Taipei. So it's a different from a Cairo Declaration. It was a Cairo Declaration was a proclaimed by Republic of China, uh, and but the Republic of China at that time, as uh, a territory, is still Chinese mainland. And the difference between uh, Taipei Treaty and the Cairo Declaration, this treaty was signed in Taipei. So uh, uh, Taiwan and Pascado uh, has nothing to do with the PRC. If you stay with the Cairo Declaration, that, that's a government on Chinese mainland, and Chinese government, uh, Chinese mainland had been controlled by PRC now. There will be some confusion uh, because of the, uh, in, in law, they, they call this is a succession theory, state succession theory. So I, I don't think uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wise to continue to quote Cairo Declaration. It's better to uh, quote uh, Taipei's treaty. Yes. Yes. Um, in Mingguo's uh, constitution, there's one version, 1936 version, which is called the uh, May 5th uh, constitution. It has the exact territory. Uh, for others, it's just a uh, uh, vague uh, uh, coverage. And uh, for, for the imperial China situation, because I also work on Qin China, 
and uh, I, 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 uh, my channel upside down has uh, some uh, discussion about their uh, kind of sovereignty concept as well. Um, when uh, the uh, uh, area um, uh, uh, south to the Yangtze River was uh, taken by the Taiping rebel, rebels, uh, and the literati at that time says uh, their territory uh, had uh, this part of territory had been lost to to the rebels. So they they did use the the term territory, Jiangjie. Uh, and uh, um, uh, in that uh, in early 19th century, uh, for people like Wei Yuan, they have to deal with the international relations, and what they thought of about is uh, the relation between Liao, Jin, uh, Yuan, and Song, or the uh, warring state period. Because uh, in Chinese history, they, they also had uh, the, the competition among various states' uh, experience, not all unified. Uh, Liang Qichao had uh, calculated the, the years that had been uh, unified is about the same as the years that China had been divided. So China had uh, experience for the various uh, uh, the coexistence of various states as well. Any others? Um, any others over here? Uh, uh, Dr. Lin's been talking for uh, over an hour and a half. Do you, have, do you have a very short question? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe this will be the last one. Well, your, your topic is neglected. Yeah. Um, I remember before 1997, uh, Hong Kong people tried to have referendum, but, but they had to be subjected to the treaty. So the, because the treaty is uh, some manifestation of in, the relation among international powers, we live within the framework of international powers, not only when we live with ourselves. And uh, um, uh, for the 1950s and 1960s, actually, uh, in my paper, I like my, my uh, archives, uh, one, uh, one findings in the archives very much. 
Before 1972, when uh, the diplomatic ties between Ch uh, Ch uh, Japan and the Republic of China are going to be uh, uh, cut, uh, the Republic of China's government uh, made some uh, survey about how, how much economic repercussion will be entailed. And uh, in that uh, survey, I, I found that um, before 1972, from between the 50s to 70s, for the foreign investment in Taiwan, for U.S. investment in Taiwan, which uh, in terms of capital uh, shares about 70%, uh, and uh, Japanese capital share about uh, 25%. And the Japanese uh, capital, uh, the object of co cooperation of the Japanese uh, uh, merchants is the Taiwanese merchants. And uh, for, for uh, the uh, American merchants, the object of cooperation is mainlanders. Uh, please uh, get back uh, to the three stage of American policy for Chinese mainland government. Uh, in the third stage, they need this government for the Cold War defense, the Asia-Pacific defense against the communists. So this, is the, uh, uh, this alliance made the Taiwanese people was not, uh, mean nothing because they need this government. And because the threat from Chinese mainland was very uh, much there. So they, they desperately needed this government. This is the background for uh, uh, the, the um, uh, 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 dictatorship in those years. And by the, uh, based upon this dictatorship, Taiwan, in comparison with mainland China, had a better economy. That better economy uh, uh, cooperated with the, the uh, democratic uh, people's uh, uh, effort resulted in the uh, democracy of Taiwan today. So the situation has been changed, but we have to get back to why uh, Taiwan people uh, were not counted at all, because uh, what the United States needed at that time is uh, KMT's government and the soldiers. Okay, uh, Dr. Lin came from Taiwan yesterday. Taiwan is what, 15,000 15, miles away? Mm. Uh, she came from Taiwan yesterday. She's no. returning to Taiwan tomorrow. Uh, please join me in showing her just how much uh, we appreciate uh, the effort she has made to come to Columbus and share her ideas with us. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. Thank you. And this is for you, oh, uh, the you. city of uh, Academia Historica. Oh, great. And our archive collection. The this is a catalog. The, these are all duplicates, right? They're all the not, same. Not uh, the, the duplicates, yeah. the same. So okay. you could.